On this week's episode of Third Party Control Podcast, we have Cassidy back on the show. We catch up with her and find out what game she's playing, what she's currently looking forward to, her time in Japan, and all that and more on this week's episode of Third Party Control Podcast. Let's get it going. Welcome to Third Party Control Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse P.S. Lira. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we have someone back on the show, a good friend. We had her before. We found out so much about this person in her episode. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Cassidy is back. Cassidy, say hello. Hello. I'm back. (laughs) Happy to be back. If you haven't heard the previous episode with Cassidy, it was Cassidy Sup. Fool, episode 221, make sure to check that out because in that one, we find out how did Cassidy get into games, what she plays, her favorite series, and her darkest secrets. Something <laughs> Kirby related. What was it? You, you just have to, you'll have to listen to find out, all right? We're not talking about any of that stuff. We are catching up with our good friend, Cassidy. Cassidy is currently in Japan, but... She is moving back home this year. Yup. Heading back. Heading back. But but before we get into that, since the last time, how's everything been? How's everything been treating you? How's how's life? Oh, life is good for the most part. I mean, last time I was here, there wasn't a global pandemic or anything. Yeah. So uh, the world has been a bit topsy turvy mm. uh, with that. But yeah, nothing too much is new. Moving back home to America in three months, which is kind of terrifying. I've been here. This is my third year in Japan, which is crazy because time has flown so fast. It doesn't even feel like that at all. But, yep, heading back home. Not sure what to expect now. (laughs) Now, this is going to be a serious question. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, prepare yourself. Uh, I'm very serious. I got you. You have recently had the um, privilege, I would say, uh, to watch the newest and final Neon Genesis Evangelion film. And uh, my question to you is, Did you? how did you enjoy it? And did you do it to spite me and make me feel shitty for not being able to watch it? Absolutely. 100%. That's the only <laughs> reason I did it was to spite you, Jesse. Um, I was hoping you were going to ask me about this because yes. I want to talk about this movie to everyone in the entire world it was so good oh man it was so good it was amazing and i'm really excited because one of my goals uh when i was coming to japan is i want to be able to watch movies and anime and play games in japanese right Mm -hmm. i don't want to have to rely on subtitles for that and so it kind of felt like i don't know it was it was a big emotional moment for me right Mm -hmm. to be able to see this movie and understand it enough to follow it like Mm -hmm. especially since i'm leaving here soon yeah this was like my my final test so to speak but oh my god was it absolutely amazing it's so good it's really good it's really good (laughs) it's uh, just be excited for it when it comes out in america because it's really good it's really good i remember oh man there was so much talk about like people trying to be like are they gonna since you know 
the pandemic's going on. Like, are they going to do something where fans over here can watch it or something like that? Maybe it'll stream online and people can use the uh, the VPNs to kind of block it so they mm-hmm. can watch from Japan. Like, there was all this stuff and, you know, nothing over here, of course. Yeah. Um, so I, I haven't really checked much on it. So um, hearing that it's awesome, uh, that's great. That's that's cool. You actually went inside a the- oh, of course, I'm guessing, went inside a theater to watch it? Yeah, so we went to the theater, which was really weird because prior to this, mm-hmm. the last time I saw a movie was on Valentine's Day of last year before mm-hmm. COVID really blew up. And so, you know, we've been staying home and we haven't been doing anything. We don't go out. And Japan has been really weird during the pandemic in that they're acting like there's no pandemic. Yeah. So things really haven't closed here at all. We had two states of emergency, quote unquote, but nothing really happened the only thing that changed was like restaurants closed a couple hours earlier yeah but everything has been essentially the same so i was kind of worried about going into a movie theater just because i feel like maybe the world isn't ready for that but they took really good precautions uh at the theater and i I felt safe i was able to like socially distance from other people so it was worth it it was so it was so good jesse it was so good (laughs) it was Um great uh, did they have anything? Because I remember seeing someone had, I think the last Rebuild movie that came out, there was this cool, like, uh, Unit 1 of a popcorn, you know, it was the head, and oh. you opened it up, and did they have anything cool like that? Any cool little trinkets or anything? No, I wish. They have, like, right now the big thing is this, like, Doraemon popcorn bucket, mm-hmm. and I actually, I got this same popcorn bucket last time I went to the movies, and I was like, no, I'm definitely going to use this for something. It's worth the, like, $15 I spent for it because I'll definitely, like, put pencils in it or something. And yeah. I didn't. I just threw it away. <laughs> you know how it is. But, if, yeah. no, if there was something Ava-related, I totally would have gotten that. Mm-hmm. But I think there was, like, a um, a special promotion or something where you got, like, a free, like, clear folder thing. That's, like, a big thing in Japan. They always give you clear folders. But I think they were sold out when we went. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Yeah. I... I... I also liked uh, you ended up tweeting that you were really happy and correct me if I'm pronouncing your tweet wrong, that you were able to actually, you know, enough Japanese to where like you were able to watch the movie and understand everything in it like perfectly. I'm probably butchering what you tweeted, but (laughs) it was it was neat. Like you saying like, yeah, it was it was fun, like just being able to like watch a movie and understand everything Mm -hmm. in a different language because what you know, like four different languages if i'm correct let's see yeah yep four okay i like foreign languages but yeah i was really excited but i was especially nervous for ava because it tends to have really like weird difficult japanese Mm -hmm. especially when like the people in nerve are talking and there's all these like made up words that are funky even like in english so to hear like made up japanese words when i barely speak the language is really difficult to comprehend but like for example i saw um what's its name in english weathering with you mm-hmm. i saw that in theaters uh like two years ago or something and i could not understand a thing and it was really really difficult so i figured if i go to see ava in theaters i'm probably not going to understand that much so i was very pleasantly surprised that i was able to it felt really cool it's yeah. really cool to watch something and it's like native language that's yeah. not available in your home country yet humble brag yeah the, pro- the progression of like you being able to like at first one movie you were just like i couldn't really understand and then this one you're just like yes it's awesome yeah it was it was a cool feeling it was really cool yeah Yeah. like uh, again i don't know japanese but sometimes you can kind of you know you you hear it enough if you're watching just the not the sub but the dub version of anime Mm -hmm. every once in a while it's like oh i know what they're saying here like i've I've always heard this you know so it's like you know i like 
you have those snobs that are just like, oh, I only listen to it in the original Japanese and read the subtitles so I could get the infliction <laughs> and the you know the way they say it. And then other people are just like, I wait till it's in English because I don't want to read subtitles. I think any way you want to enjoy, you know, anime or anything, completely cool. Um, yep. But sometimes it is you. I, I, without even understanding you, the the emotion sometimes or how they pronounce things, like you mm. get a, in both different languages, English or Japanese. But Japanese are like, oh, this is how this character is vocalizing this. You know, even mm -hmm. if I'm not understanding what they're saying, I read the subtitle. I know how they're, you know. How their performance is is really what captures it. I, I sometimes feel, you know, I'm not saying that's mm. the perfect way to do it or watch anime, but I'm saying I like that a lot. But you're being mm -hmm. able to just understand it and also, you know, feel it, I guess, in a way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think I think it's harder to understand like the nuances mm -hmm. of foreign language, like especially Japanese, that I'm not super super, uh, I would say, proficient in yet. Um, it, it's hard to kind of get those like little teensy tiny like vocal inflections yeah. and like things that maybe I'm not familiar with like culturally, but honestly, just to be able to understand like the gist of what's happening in the movie <laughs> and what's going on, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. what I can get at this point. So I'm happy. So being here in America, <clears throat> um, you you'll run into those fans who are like super like oh dude yeah uh, Evangelion oh man it's amazing right. But in Japan, mm -hmm. it's a whole different thing. Like you're you're walking around every corner. Like I think I remember like messaging you being because like, you had said, "Oh, I got these uh, coffee bottle cans." <laughs> the coffee. You yeah. Know, it's just they're on everything. Every character, you know, Asuka and and you know, and I see it and I'm like, Cassidy's doing this to upset me because I can't get a goddamn thing over here. Absolutely. I found Just purely despite you. I found it. I found in a San Diego video game store. They had the uh, Tamagotchi Evangelion, you know, the 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 uh, the you know Unit One and Two, and I was so like, it's twenty five dollars. That doesn't seem expensive. That's not. That's a good price. It was that not? Oh damn it! I knew I should have messaged you. Oh, did I you was, not get them? I have. I have two of them. Do you? I have two of them. I wanted to get them, and then I was just like, "I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, and you're gonna be like, oh, cool. How much did you pay? Twenty five. She's like, it's like five dollars here, and I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> you know. I didn't. I was this close, but I was like, no, 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 I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm just. That's yeah. That that's a pretty good price. I think I got mine for like one. I got for fifteen mm -hmm. used on Yahoo auctions, and then the other I think I got for like twenty three. Really? No. So yeah, pretty pretty good price. If you see them again, I'd go for it. Oh damn. Um. <laughs> Now I'm now I'm upset with myself. Uh, cool thing about Ava, uh, and how was how was the audience? Now this is just an Eva episode. We're just gonna do an Eva episode. Um, how was the how was the audience? Like as in their reactions and like you're you're getting a a true home experience of how people enjoy that series. How was it? Like what's the difference if you know you have the super nerdy anime? Uh, otaku fan over here in America how is it over there like what's the difference in that yeah I mean it's it's the same in a lot of aspects like uh -huh. anime is really pervasive just all around Japanese culture and you know like you were saying earlier there's pretty much Ava anything you can imagine like I have uh, Asuka eye drops on my shelf right now as like part of my collection like it's it's literally it's everywhere like even in, in professional like aspects like you can have like 
warning, like PSA signs almost that are like Ava themed for like the bus company for like the the public transport of Japan. Like it it really is everywhere and it it's very pervasive in culture. But that being said, I feel like Americans tend to I don't want to say like make a personality out of liking anime, mm-hmm. but people tend to be really really focused on on liking anime and like it being one of their hobbies, you know. Whereas here it's just kind of I want to say like an expected thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such just like an ingrained part of Japanese culture to the point where I would go to some of my schools and they'd be like, "Oh, Cassidy, like do you know Japanese animation?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I love, you know, X, Y, and Z." And it just blew people's minds that, you know, certain programs or things were even available in other countries, let alone popular. So I think when I was watching the movie, it was strange because I don't think there was really any reaction to anything at all. It wasn't like, you know, people were excited, I'm sure. But I went on like, it was like a Friday afternoon or something. It was kind of a weird time. And it was still pretty crowded for what I had expected. It was full of like businessmen. And stuff, you know, it's just really interesting to see the crowd, but it just, it was kind of just like watching a movie. People didn't seem like particularly excited about it. Nobody was like really reacting to much. It was, it was just, it was very quiet and very plain, but that's also, that's kind of just like a Japanese culture thing. Anyways, people don't really react to things for fear of upsetting, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody else that's in the theater. So, wow. but meanwhile, I'm sitting there and I'm like, (laughs) eyes huge like front of my seat i'm so excited i reacted i'm sure i annoyed many japanese people around me as i normally do (laughs) par for the course here they're probably like looking they're like of course american i'm sure i'm sure (laughs) um cool thing um i i recently purchased a sega saturn nice and i modded it to Hmm. to play roms on it so it's playing on the original hardware so i was able to do that and then when i was going through what i legally own (laughs) uh to put on there uh -hmm. i saw two games games and i was like you know what i'm putting these on here i know you're coming back home and you do your stream so i'm like i want to let you borrow my sega saturn so you can play this it is evangelion video games on the Sega Saturn 2, but they're the first one is like a visual novel, and so it's mm. like a an alternate universe where it's uh you know Shinji, Asuka, it's the whole it's everybody but mm. Shinji's girlfriend. So she, this new girl comes yeah. in, yeah, and I was going, I was like, oh man, this is cool because it's all voiced, you know, it's it's got. Um, I think there were some animated clips, but still animation stills. And I'm I'm watching it, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just clicking things, and it's progressing. So I thought, oh man, but I wanted to have him on there so you could like stream it, like if you you know see it, go through it, you know, play it, you know. So it's on there. So whenever you awesome. when you settle when you settle back home, it's yours to stream. So sick. Oh, that sounds great. I'm excited. <laughs> And then there's a second one that I, it's just a card game, but it's more of like, hey, watch this clip from Evangelion, the show, and then get a card. And then you put it in your little virtual card book. That's it. I think. I don't know if there's more to it. That sounds cute. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So those are there for you to stream. Awesome. (laughs) But moving on, nice segue into that. 
you have been kicking ass streaming on Twitch. I've enjoyed watching your streams. I, look, everyone listening, if you're not already subscribed to Casadilla <laughs> on Twitch, I don't know what you're doing, to be honest. Because not only are you entertaining, but I have enjoyed watching a lot of, you know, you are in a different time zone, so I can't catch it sometimes live. But the times I were was able to catch it live, just the way you interacted with your your audience and everything, and not only I think if I'm if I remember correctly, it was your was it your thousandth subs or follower subscriber episode that you did the Yakuza Zero and you dressed like Kiryu Kazuma, was it that yep. one? Okay. Yep, it was that one. You that was such a baller, badass thing you did i was like no way because i loved you Yaku- i love yakuza and you were playing it and you dressed up like kiryu the whole slick hair back brood brood look you know you did a, and then you had little mini games and you were doing like little spin the wheel stuff and all that i just i just want to ask how's streaming going how was that for you and uh i just i, I praise you on it it's awesome you do such a great job Wow. Well, that is such high praise. Thank you so much. Uh, Yeah, streaming is going really well. Um, I really enjoy it. It's nice to have, you know, I I feel like I have very specific hobbies, very niche hobbies, right? And so it's really nice to find people, you know, with whom I can kind of speak to them about my hobbies and like the cool things I find in Japan. Like just recently, I picked up a bunch of promotional retro game VHS tapes, Mm -hmm. right? And to most people that's why would you spend money on that like that's that's weird but you know to the people that i've met through twitch and whatnot that's really exciting and so i really enjoy you know having a platform on which i can meet these like-minded people and talk about you know our weird goofy hobbies yeah so it's been a great time i'm really happy yeah no i i I, like i said i've enjoyed it so much um even you unboxing things you had that Dope. Again, this is the Evangelion like episode or whatever. You had unboxed <laughs> the laser disc set yeah. of Neon Genesis Evangelion, and I'm like, you had unboxed that. You did all that. You played uh, the uh, Evangelion N64 game. Yep. Uh, you streamed that, and and not only that, you streamed. Uh, what do they call it? I forget. When you stream, when you're walking, what's that called? There's a term for it, right? Live, uh, live, live. Live live streaming? Live I don't live know. streaming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, IRL streaming? You Something had, like that. You were walking around, and I was so engaged by just how you were going. <laughs> you're like, oh, they're, they're looking at me weird. You know, I'm, I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this. But then just showing <laughs> locations. Like, it was so cool to see that. Like, I can understand. Like, you didn't do many of those because I'm pretty sure it's mm. a little bit more cumbersome and kind of hard to do. But mm. the one that you did and I caught was... It was cool. You you have a great way of um, bringing in your audience and kind of making them feel that they're tagging along too. You know, they're they're like, hey, you're along for the ride as well. You know, so. Oh, thanks. But, I, I appreciate that. I wish I could do more of those. Yeah. But one, I'm just doing it off of my like hundred year old iPhone, so uh, <laughs> that that doesn't take too kindly to it. And two, it's. I try to do it at like weird times of day when there wouldn't be too many people out, mm-hmm. but still you get those people who really give you the side eye. Like what is this person doing here? And, and as a non Japanese person in Japan, we already kind of receive some side eye. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, I would say more unusual to see someone who's not Japanese here. And so to see a non Japanese person doing something weird, I think makes people a little uncomfortable 
here out in public. So I wish I could do more of those. Maybe maybe I'll do it anyways. I'm leaving. What are they going to do? Yeah. Is it more of a cultural respect of like, hey, my privacy, Don't I don't want to be in this? Even though you weren't like pointing toward people like, look at this person, but... Mm-hmm. Could it is it maybe that like uh I I did they put me on camera like I don't want to be like respect my privacy yeah yeah I think a lot of it is that there's there's really privacy is very valued and respected here especially out in public mm-hmm. um it's not illegal per se to film people in public but it's definitely frowned upon and so like for example if you take pictures with people um you mostly have to blur their faces like if I wanted to post a picture of me and like. You know, a couple of friends of mine, if I didn't get their explicit consent to be posted on Instagram, I would have to blur their faces. Um, That's just kind of the expected way of doing things here. And I think a lot of it, if you see somebody walking with a camera, you don't want to be in the background of that. So that kind of made people like try to stay away from me, you know, Mm. more so than they already do because I'm a scary foreigner. (laughs) But yeah, I think privacy is is, was the big issue with that. Mm -hmm. What are things that you're enjoying streaming right now? And what are the kind of some of the hurdles that you're experiencing while doing it? Oh, good question. I think for the most part, I enjoy streaming the things that I like to play. When I first started streaming, I tried playing things that I figured were like popular and people were watching because I wanted to get people in. But like I was having a miserable time and that's that's not fun for me. That's not fun for the people watching. Um, so for the most part, if I just feel like playing a game, like last night I was playing the the PlayStation 1 port of Snowboard Kids. Like, it's not popular. Nobody knows of it. But I had a fun time playing it. I, th- I think that's kind of what matters. Um, as far as hurdles go, recently, since we've decided to move back home to America, there's been so much to do with, like, planning. And I have so much stuff to, like, ship home. And then I'm starting grad school in September, so I have to get that all set up. Um, I-, I took a little a mini break, maybe, like, three weeks or so to just kind of like plan everything. But I feel like the next couple of months are just going to be such a whirlwind and so stressful that I don't, I don't know how streaming is going to work out with so much to do, but I'm excited to be back in America where I can stream on a normal time zone and not the middle of the night for most people, because that's, that's been the biggest hurdle overall is I stream at like three or 4 AM Pacific time. Hmm. So it makes it a little tough to watch sometimes. I find it, um, not strange, but I find it very surprising that um you know I do I do the streaming too nowhere near at your level of perfection I'm not here to boast or anything <laughs> no 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 but um it's I've noticed where I think a lot of people more appreciate being there while it's happening live like even though you can be like hey check you know check it out you know it's gonna be archived my episodes the, the episode technically is there. But I always notice that people are just like, no, I want to be there when it starts. I want to be there. I yeah. want to interact, you know. So it's such a different thing, Twitch. You know, it's not it's not like a, people like the interaction aspect of being able to talk to you, being mm-hmm. able to ask people questions. And I'm, I've I found that really not weird, but like, oh, kind of cool. Like they want to be involved, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, they could watch yeah. a previous recorded part. But you do feel like, oh, I'm. I'm not involved, you know, I want to It's not be the same. Yeah. It's not the same. Like, there's that social aspect of Twitch that is really cool. Like, you feel like you can really get to know the people that you're talking to, which is always nice. Like, on YouTube, I can watch, you know, anybody's YouTube videos all day. But at the end of the day, I don't feel a connection with that person besides, like, oh, they made me laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, but on Twitch, you can feel like you can actually, like, make friends with these people, which is pretty cool. 
you started doing YouTube videos and then kind of halted. Was that just the, <laughs> the, the, just the build of like, oh man, I have to do this, that it just takes up so much time. Jesse, that was pure laziness. <laughs> it's hard making, I, you know what? I give so many props to people who can do well, like edited YouTube videos. That is very difficult. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. Like I'm already tired after my stream. I'm always like, Oh, should I just throw this up on YouTube? Meh. Yeah. I, I want to do more in that in that aspect, but it's just pure laziness right now. <laughs> I, I like that, though. I learned that early on, too, uh, from you that you were talking about earlier about um, just streaming what you like. I think people connect to that more than you playing the hottest game or what's, you know, what everyone wants you to play. Um, case in point. I didn't. I never knew there was a Mr. Mosquito too, and that was so cool. Me to see. neither, right? Yeah. I was so excited when I found out. Yeah, I was just like, "Holy shit, Mr. Mosquito!" When you posted "Gonna Stream Mr. Mosquito 2, I'm like, "No fucking way, <laughs> no way!" And I'm like, "Damn, okay, you're gonna be on it this time." I'm like, "Oh, I got work in the morning. I can't be up." I'm like, "But I could get up at four, and then when I get off work, I go to bed early, so it's like I got up around that time so I could watch it." Oh man! But like, yeah, no, it was it was cool to to watch that and be like, "Man, there is there was a sequel." Do you have a Japanese PS2? No, I have a Japanese PS1. Ah, uh, okay, so, okay. I was, I think I, I found one Japanese PS2. I'm like, oh, this is better because I could do both, but I just didn't get it. I'm an idiot, but I was able to get a Japanese PS1, um, which has been cool. But yeah, that's that's exciting. Yeah, that's it, still it, cool. Yeah, it, perfect, perfect. Japanese people know how to treat their consoles and their games. Oh my gosh, that is like, that was probably one of the biggest surprises for me here is whenever I would go to like one of the, there's a store called um, Book Off and it's yeah. like the, the used junk store here and they would have these immaculate, like beautiful consoles marked as junk. They're like, oh, you know, somebody touched this 10 years ago, so it's filthy. We can't even sell it. They're beautiful. They're yeah. so clean. They work perfectly. They're so cheap. That blew my mind. Like Japanese people really take care of their belongings. I wonder how what they would think if you gave them an American console, a used one. Oh. They'd probably be like, "What is this?" Anything, anything from GameStop, they would just pass oh. out. mentioned this and you just mentioned it right now you're a big collector of vintage video games especially that i am stuff in any color of orange you go gaga over oh yes how has a uh, game collecting been for you especially being in japan the the haven for all things video games and what is your goal for the future do you have a goal is there a i want to complete this i want this like what is your what is yeah pretty much what is your goal for vintage video game collecting being in japan is like the best place in the entire world for this it's awesome things are so cheap i can get like complete inbox games for like 500 yen like five bucks it's it's amazing it's amazing and i'm really spoiled in that aspect i think and i'm gonna miss that a lot when i move home um I don't know if I really have any goals right now. Well, I, I guess my first like short term term goal 
would be getting my collection back to America. Yeah. <laughs> because I have certainly amassed uh, quite quite a few things here. Um, I have a bit of a problem with Yahoo Auctions. I tend to spend too much money on there and pick up too many cool things. So, yeah, I've, I've got a lot of junk to bring home. But I really love the N64. Like, that's, that's my favorite console of all time. Mm -hmm. So I think I want to get every single N64 color variation would be really cool. Um, that's probably one of my biggest goals. Oh, an entire complete N64 game collection would be rad. I don't know if that's going to be feasible for me yeah. uh, any anytime soon anyways, but that would be cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do love orange. I wanted to get all the orange consoles here that I could. I'm just missing one at this point. I'm just missing the uh, orange Pikachu N64. Whoa. Was that, I'll have... was that only in Japan, the orange one? Yeah. Yeah. Only in Japan. That one. And there's a light blue variant of it. So we got the dark blue in North America, but mm -hmm. there's a light blue one in Japan too. Ooh. So that's your holy grail or is there another holy grail item when it comes to games? A holier grail. Holy. Um, There's another really rare N64 that I've kind of been looking for. Not like super hard because it's not, it's cool looking, but it's not that amazing looking. It's like the, the Jasco edition. I don't know. Are you familiar with it? Jasco, Jasco. I'm, if I Jasco. see it, maybe I am, but... It's like um, a, a lighter version of the smoke gray, and it, it's see-through. It's, it's really cool. Like, it's not super amazing looking. It's not like you look at this console and you're like, that's definitely rare. Mm -hmm. But, like, if you know, you know, mm -hmm. that, that kind of thing. But they're, they're a little expensive. I think I, I was looking at one, and it was like three or $400. And I was like, Ugh, I don't know if I can justify that right now. It's a little bit pricey for me, but... Cassidy, it is horrible over here when it comes to video games. Use it. the The prices are they're going so high. Um, I recently went to uh, San Diego, and I hit up the spots I usually go to, and mm -hmm. the the places like they price things, you know, in understandable prices. I get it. Um, there's also a book off over there in San Diego too, so I like to go what? there. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know those were in America. That's there's, awesome. There's a book off in San Diego and a book off in um, Los Angeles. Those are the only two that I know of. I wow. got I got this for spending a hundred bucks. A book off. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know they were in America. That's yeah. awesome. I went to my usual spots and right now any handheld Nintendo basically is bare bones. Mm -hmm. Everything's sold. Like during the pandemic, wow. everybody bought handhelds, whether it was yeah. the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, uh, DS, DS Lite, 3DS, especially the DSs and 3DSs mm -hmm. are completely gone. If you find them, they're ranging anywhere from 100, 150, maybe more, depending on, on the unit itself. And then like games, though, games are what what are I mean, you'll find them, but it's like, oh, SpongeBob and the, you know, Hannah Montana GBA game and stuff like if you're looking for stuff like Golden Axe any of the Mario stuff you'll find them but at a price so everything right now especially Jeez. for handheld it's crazy how expensive or sold out everything is I went to every spot and I was like yeah that's it's it's not great um even prices on stuff like not even a year ago one well, it's been a year it's so weird with the pandemic a year just seems I, when I think a year, I think, oh, yeah, 2019. It's like, oh, we're in 2021. Yep. So, but, yep. like, two years ago, my copies of Silent Hill 2 and 3 for PlayStation 2, I spent mm -hmm. 50 on each. And I thought, man, that was expensive. Now mm -hmm. they go for 
either 100 to 140. For no each way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good lord. So, That's crazy. Yeah, everything's going up, and then you'll see stuff go boom. It's just a roller coaster. So, video game Jeez. collecting has been getting pretty, 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 pretty rough. So, enjoy what you have while it lasts. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> Great. I'll just stay in Japan now. <laughs> You're like it's done. I, I don't need grad school. I just yeah. want to be able to buy Mario cheaply. That's fine. <laughs> it's worth it. Mario. Speaking on video games, which is a video game podcast, what have you been playing recently? So much World of Warcraft. Oh, yeah. So much would... World of Warcraft. Oh, man. You know what? I knew it's it's been a long time coming. I played WoW since like 2006 or something, and I took a long break when Pandaria came out. I didn't play it. Then Classic came out, and I was like, I want to play it. I want to I want to play Classic so bad. Did you end but up I knew... jumping on Classic? Because I remember we talked about it before. Only as of like three weeks ago. Oh, okay. I okay. held out for a long time. I held out for a long time just because back when I used to play WoW, I felt like I had no other time for any other games. Like I went hard into Worlds of Warcraft um, and I, just, I didn't have time to do anything else. And so I knew if I jumped into to Classic, I'm kind of just going to put everything else on the back burner. I'm, you know, maybe I won't go out as much as I want to and explore Japan. And maybe that's, you know, not the best. But anyways, a pandemic happened, right? And I still didn't get into it. I was still being good. I was like, nope, it's going to suck up my entire life. Three weeks ago, my fiance and I were looking for something to do together. And I was like, hey, hey, you want to play WoW? And he's like, eh, sure, all right. And lo and behold, like 50 hours put in in the past two days. Is that what Jacob's playing right now behind us or behind you? Maybe. I don't, I don't think so. He usually doesn't. He's not as into it as I am, so he doesn't want to play it when I'm not playing it. I think he's playing a Warhammer game. He's big into Warhammer oh, lately, okay. so. Okay. Not everyone has good taste, Jesse. What can <laughs> I say? But uh, were you able to go back home with? Uh, how was Classic? Were you? Was did you notice? Oh, okay. This isn't really how it was. Or I am able to go back home. I'm not sure. I. It's it's good enough. You know. It. The first thing I noticed is that it's really really hard. Really. <laughs> I was like, dang, when I was younger, like, was I just really good at WoW or did I get, did it get harder? Like, what's, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how long it took to level up in mm -hmm. Classic. Like, it's really taking me quite a long time. Um, so I, I wanted to start, like, a new character I'd never played before. Like, have a new experience that's also familiar. So that, that was kind of cool, being able to go back to, like, Stormwind and Westfall and do Deadmines and, like, do all those things that I remember so fondly, you know, doing many years ago. Um, but I also wanted to try, you know, just regular retail WoW because it had been so long. There is a level squish that I did not know about. So I have a character that I spent literal thousands of hours on to get to endgame, right? And at the time, endgame was just level 70. And I didn't play for a long time. I log in and they decided to like smush down the level cap for everybody. So the level cap is only 60 now. My character that I spent thousands of hours on was smushed down to level 32, and I was just heartbroken. Heartbroken. And the economy is all wonky. Like, all the gold is worth way more now, or way less now. Like, I had 300 gold at the time, which was, like, a lot, but now I have, like, 10,000 gold on my new character. Uh -huh. I have no idea what's going on. It's, it's bananas out there, but I'm having a great time with it. It's fun. I'm enjoying the new, like, 
starting a new character and having to like go through the expansions that I didn't play. I'm doing Battle for Azeroth right now mm -hmm. and leveling up a character that way, which is really fun. So overall, I'm enjoying it, but it is definitely a time sink. So when when they squished it, it was it is do you feel lesser? Did like does it change anything or is it just a number? Like is did your number change and you don't like that or is there also a a feeling attached to it where it's like, "Oh, I do feel a difference." Cuz I'm not very like I've told you, I don't not 100% familiar with WoW. So what were mm -hmm. was it just a number thing like, "No, I was higher" kind of thing? <laughs> it's kind of like my beef is that I spent so much time getting to the end of the game so i could do like at the end of the game you can do like higher level raids and like bigger group raids and like dude there's a lot of end game content right and so i worked my butt off to get to that point and now i'm no longer at that point and it's really easy to level now mm -hmm. so i started a new character who's already a higher level than my main character on which i have thousands of hours and i've spent like maybe 15 hours on this character so it feels like all of the time and energy that I put into my character, all the time that I spent doing these high-level raids to get good gear, you know, all of it's kind of for naught at this point. So, like, yeah, seeing the smaller number was shocking, but it mostly felt like, well, all of this effort that I put into my character to get this gear and do all these things is just kind of for nothing now, you mm. know? So I was very sad. What could they have done could is is this something they had you think they had to do there was no way around it or is it more of a like why did you do this you didn't need to do it i mean i think at a certain point there's nothing else they can do past that because the level cap was getting crazy it was going to go to like 120 mm -hmm. or something and for a new player who's never played the game before that's really intimidating to look at your you know level one character and you have to get all the way up to 120 before you can play like a majority of the game you know, that kind of sucks for people who've never played it before. So I understand it in that aspect. I'm just being grumpy. <laughs> I'll get over it. It'll be fine. I really, I can't think of any other way they could have gone about it, Okay. you know, smoothly. And I think for the most part, people are fine with it. I, I haven't really read that, like, people are unhappy like I am. Mm -hmm. I was just surprised because I had no idea it was going to be happening. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, my great, super awesome character is like a little baby level 32. <laughs> I'll, I'll get over it. I'm just being grumpy. <laughs> so being a, a noob to World of Warcraft, if I was a new player, if I met you with that character you spent thousands of hours with, is there mm -hmm. something I could see where I go, oh, no, you spent time with this? Like, is there like a little symbol above you? Like, oh, you have a little crown. That means, oh, your whole your old school toughness. Uh, mm, there are like special titles you can get that go like either before or after your name above your character. Which, like, if you're just starting out, some of them aren't available anymore, or some of them are rather hard to get. So, like, if you saw that, maybe you'd be like, oh, this person has, you know, obviously mm -hmm. done something in this game. Or there are certain mounts that I have that are hard to get, so you could see that and be like, oh, this person's definitely played before. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not like, you know, my character looks like this brand new character. This person has never played WoW before. Like, I think it looks like I've probably put time into it. Mm -hmm. But, again, just I'm just grumpy. <laughs> I'm just grouchy about it. <laughs> Anything you're looking forward to in the future, game-wise? Ooh, game-wise, what am I looking forward to? Honestly, I have no idea. I have been so sidetracked. Like, it feels, obviously, I'm very far away from America, yeah. right? But it feels like a whole entire world out here. I, I feel so separated from, like, 
just the goings-ons in the gaming world like there's japanese news sites i follow but not being 100 percent fluent in japanese you know i tend to not pay attention to it so honestly i couldn't i couldn't tell you what's even coming out in the future not even i just like, i feel so far removed not even like new pokemon snap oh new pokemon snap i have that pre-ordered <laughs> never mind I, I lied i know about that one yeah 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 yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, I have that pre-ordered. <laughs> Maybe I, I could have phrased it better. Something you're looking forward to, you know? Ah, uh, like gotcha. Anything, you, you know. Mm, new Pokemon Snap. <laughs> that looks really cool. Um, Breath of the Wild too. although that I wish they would give us some more information about that. Whenever but... the, the Switch Pro comes out, I think that will be a launch with it. Like, I don't see any other yeah. game becoming a launch... You know, hey, new model, mm -hmm. this game will run really nice on it, you know? That's true. Ooh, also the uh, Pokemon Sinnoh remakes. Yeah. I'm excited for those because I never played Diamond or Pearl or Platinum. So mm -hmm. that's like the only generation I missed. So I'm looking forward to that. Although I know people are kind of salty about it because they made it very like chibi art style. Which I think it looks really cute. I mean, no, I I agree. I think a lot of that, like, you can't please Pokemon fans. You can't you can't please a lot of fans from any fandom, really, when it comes mm -hmm. to stuff that's, like that. That's true. That's true. But especially like Pokemon is doing like, I would understand it if that's all they announced and like this is the only game we're coming out with this year. But they even talked mm -hmm. about Pokemon Legends, and that oh, one. Oh yeah, looks, that's that's cool too. That's cool too. That one looks super ambitious. That one, I'm mm -hmm. like, whoa, this. Looking at that one, it kind of seemed like an open world, free roaming. It's going to change stuff up because it looks like a early time kind of Pokemon mm -hmm. game. Like this is before yeah. everything else. Um, that game, when I saw it, any any Pokemon game, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. But I would have to say with Sword and Shield, I was kind of like, eh, not every Pokemon game has to do a ton of crazy new stuff. But I was a little... Nothing pushed me to keep going. I think I, yeah. I I put in a good, like, maybe five hours, and I'm just... I don't know if I want to... Like, I'll play this later, and I never returned. And seeing Pokemon Legend made me think, oh, Sword and Shield was supposed to come out on 3DS. This is the true, like, Nintendo Switch from the ground up, you know, from mm -hmm. the ground up Pokemon game. So I'm looking forward to that one. Because I feel like yeah, they're going to... That, that looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it being kind of like called legends, I think it gives it gives them leeway to kind of try some new stuff. And and if it takes off, it's like yeah, this is where Pokemon's going. But if it doesn't take off, and people are like, there's not two different versions, you know, there's not this what we're yep. used to. They're like, oh, but it was legends, so don't worry, it's not Pokemon. <laughs> you know, we can go back to it. I think it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what Nintendo did with the DS when they announced the DS, and people said. Well, what about Game Boy? They're like, oh no, this is this is a successor to Game like Game Boy's coming. This is just, you know, something we're messing with. And you know, DS yeah. took off, and they're like, yep, yeah, this is what we're going with. You gotta test the waters. Yeah, I think that's it's just a little experiment. I think that's what Pokemon Company's doing. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be so good. I'm excited. All 
I remember you had tweeted this, and I really wanted to ask you a ton of stuff about it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask you again when I have you back on the show, because I've wanted you back on the show for a long time, but, you know, everything that's been going on, the pandemic, you had recently said that you, you helped uh, on translating the game. I did. Yeah, do you yeah. mind uh, getting into that, how that started, how it how it... How did this all happen? I know you were very into wanting to be a um, localizer, translator. Mm -hmm. um, so if you don't mind explaining how it all started and where it went and what, what title was it? Sure. So it's actually, that's the second game um, on which I'd worked as a translator and localizer. Okay. I, need I, to know, I say, tell I say me worked. From the I say worked, <laughs> but it, it's like a total volunteer, like, fun yeah. times experience thing um so the, the first game that i kind of worked on was a fan translation of the game spice and wolf uh hollows in my first year for the for the ds um it's just you know a, a very weeby visual novel kind of game um and i found them through a website that somebody had recommended to me that i had met on twitter who was doing like game localization and translation because there's actually a super huge group of people who are doing this and it can be really hard to break into it um, so I was kind of just looking for like any little avenue, you know, that I could get into and, and get started on a project. And so I got in with this this fan translation project and I had a lot of free time at work. So I kind of worked with them going from Japanese to English. Um, and then I joined a Facebook group that was for like indie game localization specifically. And somebody had posted about their game called Dragon Audit um, that's available on Steam really cute game shameless self-promotion um but they they needed translators um to go from english to the target language which is much much more difficult to do than going from target language to english um but yeah i was taken on as one of the japanese translators um it was very tough it was really really hard uh again the, the nuances and the really like minute details of what the characters were saying it was hard for me to translate that into japanese and so i had a lot of help from my native Japanese friends who could, you know, help help me get that like the the small the small parts of that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I worked on that. It was awesome. I was able to put it on my resume, and it got me into graduate program for game design. So nice. it worked awesome. out really well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I my name is on the, the in the credits, which is cool. I am accredited Japanese translator on a game that's available on steam so that is really really cool that is awesome when's the limited yeah. run edition coming out right yeah i need to get on them about that <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. how much time did you spend on on working on it like what was the i don't know did they give you okay here's a portion of the script or this is what you you need to do was like what was the what were the details did i don't know did you get code or did you just get a script translate this and send it to us like what how was how did that all work out so it, it was actually a pretty chill process. Um, there were a big group of us that were working as translators. Um, I think maybe myself and three other people were doing Japanese. Um, but essentially, there's like a database of all of the lines, right? And you can go through whenever you have time, like kind of just like a pick up and go kind of thing and just translate a few lines whenever you have, you know, a spare moment. And so I would just go in when I like had free time at work or something and I would translate some lines you know, show them to one of my co-teachers who's Japanese and they would check them for me and then press enter. Boom. Done. But yeah, it, it, it was really chill. It was really easy. Well, it wasn't easy, but it was like easy to get to get going. Um, 
especially because I had so much free time at work. I could just kind of double dip and tell them that I was studying Japanese, which technically I was. That's so true. it's, you know, it's not, it's not a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Now, there's a lot you talking about. The first game you worked on was a fan translation of a DS game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of those. You you can find a lot of games that are Japanese only, never mm-hmm. got localized on for English, and you find uh, dedicated people, people who are fans, translating these titles. Um, seeing a lot of that happening, how how long is that process and? Did you stick did you stick with it till they finished it or did you jump in in the middle like how did that happen? Yeah. Well, for the fan translation, I kind of jumped in towards the end. Oh. Um I believe the patch is out now and available if you want it. I don't know if we fully finished it. There might be some like flavor text that hadn't been translated yet. But I think for the most part, anything that makes the game playable is available now. Um but yeah, I kind of jumped in towards the end and Let's see. I probably started last year around July, mm-hmm. maybe, and maybe six months or so. Maybe like four or five months later that the patch was released. Um, but it, it's a pretty long process from what I understand. They had been working on this um, prior to my arrival for, I think, two or three years. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a long, daunting process, but... Do you get any of the feedback from people? Like, oh, this is great, or like... And anything like that like is there a huge fandom for that title for that one specifically i don't know if it's super super huge uh-huh. and yeah, this is this is gonna sound really bad but i went <laughs> on this 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 uh forum right to try to find a project and there were a lot of projects and nobody was looking for new people and i wasn't familiar with this title i don't know spice and wolf besides like knowing its name uh-huh. and they were the group that took me on so, you know what? Bless them. Thank you for giving me a chance as my first translation project. Um, but I am in a Discord server for it, and there are a lot of people who come in just to thank the people for working on it that are true fans of the series. So that's that's a really cool thing to see. You know, even though I'm not super familiar with the title, being able to work on it and see people come in and be like, man, this is like my favorite game in the whole world. Thank you so much for like making it available. That's awesome. That's a really cool feeling. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So... You got into graduate school. I did. For? For game design. Yes. Goals and ambitions. Like, you got into graduate school for that. Like, you, what made you want to get into game design? Well, first of all, I kind of like video games a little bit. I Do don't know you? if you can tell. Like, I've I kind don't. of hinted at it, in our, you know, in our past conversations. I like them a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, and I've always wanted to get involved in, like, the making of games. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't have a strong, like, programming background. I'm not good at math. I'm not good at logic. Like, the computer programming is kind of a no-go for me. I can do it, but not super well. Um, and then I wanted to get into localization and translation for a while, just because I am strong in foreign languages, um, and that would be a cool thing. However, apparently that's a very difficult job to get into. Um, game design and level design, specifically, um, I'm super into because when I was in university, I studied linguistic anthropology, which is essentially how humans use language. So that kind of ties into my foreign language thing. But we learned about this concept called linguistic relativity, how based on your mother tongue, maybe you process things and ideas and cultures a little bit differently than somebody else of a different mother tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested in how that can kind of translate into games. And one of the things that I talked about in my application was 
for example, a native Japanese speaker playing a game like Portal or Braid or some like puzzle game, how do they approach puzzles versus someone who's like a native English speaker? Do they approach that differently? Like how how does their native language maybe help them approach problems and and puzzles in games? So that's kind of something I want to focus on and really explore during like a level design career yeah. that I hopefully have in the future. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it was cool that you're coming back home and then you got into graduate school and for uh, game design, which is awesome. So congratulations, Cassidy. Thank you. I am super stoked. It's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. And what school is this for? I'm sorry, what school? It's a UC Santa Cruz. UC Santa Cruz. Yeah. So I'm heading up north. Ooh. Um, okay. Yeah, because uh, so they are going to have the classes and it's going to be no like online through the internet type of thing. I think so. At this point, they're planning on doing in person, but maybe like a hybrid uh -huh. um, where like some are online, some are in person. I really hope it's in person because it would be very unfortunate to pay so much money and do online classes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, safety is kind of paramount right now. So whatever, whatever they decide, I'm going to go with. Mm -hmm. When the pandemic happened, I was very like, okay, the show must go on doing the podcast, right? But I was very weary of like speaking about it or, or kind of bringing it up because I think everyone was just so on edge, you know? And I kind of yeah. wanted to have things be more, hey, maybe an hour and, and 20 minutes of just three guys talking about video games will make someone just kind of like forget what's going on in the world, right? Mm -hmm. But it's been a year. And it's it's a part of our life now, but um, Crazy. I'm curious because I you know I follow you on on the socials of media, mm -hmm. and I would see a lot of your comments and like everyone was uneasy, um, but you yeah. were vocal about like how you were feeling about a lot of things, and I appreciated it because it was like, hey, you know, I know you, we're friends, mm -hmm. and I, uh, but I think a lot of people too who follow you, whether it was watching you on stream you know they follow you because of your streaming at least can be like oh okay i'm feeling this way about things and so is cassidy it makes me feel a little bit better that someone's probably in the same level i'm not alone and i think a lot of people yeah. found out that they weren't alone during all this but how was a, uh, you know even though i was trying not to talk about it i thought okay this is going to be a month or two and we're never going to speak about this whole thing again but it's again it's been a year I wish, yeah yeah um, how have you handled everything? How, how has everything been? How have you handled everything? And how has it been in Japan? Ooh, that is a tough question <laughs> about which I have a lot to say. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been really vocal about Japan's lack of action during, during COVID. Um, and it's, it's really it's really a big bummer for me because I love Japan. Obviously it's, it's my second home. You know, I spent three years here. I love it. I, I feel an affinity to the people, to the culture. You know, I really feel like it, it's part of me now. Mm -hmm. And so to see it just botch so horrendously, horrendously, 
you know, this situation makes me really sad. Um, as a public school teacher here, um, I teach at three schools, one public junior high school and two public elementary schools. Um, you know, I, I'm very close to my students and I work closely with a lot of teachers, many of whom are older. And I had to go to work every single day, right? Schools were closed in the beginning. Schools were closed for maybe three months or four months. Um, the first two months of the school closures, I still had to go to work and just sit at my desk with nothing to do, despite the pandemic, despite having to, you know, travel on the very, very, very crowded Japanese subway, you know, I still had to just go and do nothing, which was insane. And finally, we were given the go ahead to do work from home, which was great because that was two months of nothing because the students <laughs> aren't in school, so I don't have to do anything. It was awesome. It was the best two months ever, um, you know, and then... That was during our first state of emergency in which they kind of took things a little more seriously um, in that a lot of things were closed, like museums were closed. Um, restaurants were still open. Um, I think movie theaters were open, but like big, like public gathering type places were closed um, and events, events were canceled, like cherry blossom viewings and things like that. So we went back to school and the students came back and at my school, we had these like really terrible cardboard dividers between all the desks it was mm -hmm. like half of a cardboard box with a piece of plastic in the front yeah and like they told the kids like oh social distance wear your mask nobody did they are children like that's just not something that they're going to follow very closely they don't really understand the gravity of the situation and so i would have kids like pull down their masks and come up and try to talk to me and i'm like get away from me you <laughs> demon like gross <laughs> social dis social distance could i like please stay away from me and you know it just kind of it went on that way for a long time and then the fall came and people started getting worried again because in the fall comes influenza and that that's a really big deal in japan people get their flu shots like mm -hmm. people get really really sick um so people were worried like hey you know what if we get the flu and what if we get covid at the same time that will that could kill you like that's that's a really dangerous combination yeah. so some of my teachers were worried like oh maybe the schools will shut down and i was like oh fingers crossed get me out of here it's a cesspool so then people started getting covid in schools uh teachers students and nothing would happen nothing at all they wouldn't shut down the school um they have this program for person of contact it's called where essentially they won't release any information about somebody who has COVID. The mm. only way that I would know that somebody has COVID besides one, them not being at my school, like they're staying home. Yeah. If I get an, a letter from the government in my mailbox, right. That says someone you were in contact with has been, has COVID and you are considered a person of contact. You can stay home from work. That was the only situation in which they would let employees stay home from work. And as, um, as as an English teacher, my, my job title is ALT, so assistant language teacher. We're kind of like the lowest on the totem pole, right? Mm -hmm. So like I'm in contact with every single student of every single school all the time, way more so than normal teachers. Yeah. I work with all of the teachers, right? So if I'm around somebody, I'm not going to know it because they're not going to consider me a person of contact because they don't know what my job entails. Mm -hmm. So I was really worried about that. And, you know, meanwhile, students are getting it and they won't tell the teachers. The kids just stay home. Like, testing is impossible. Like, I had a scare last July 
where yeah. I had a fever and I had to call a special COVID hotline, right? And I was like, hey, I have a fever. Can I get a COVID test? And they're like, mm, sorry, no, you can't. Like, if you have the fever for four days, call us back. Meanwhile, I have to use my vacation time to stay home from work because I'm worried I have COVID. They don't care, right? So I'm staying yeah. home. I have a fever for four days. I call the hotline again. They say, yeah, sounds bad. You should go get a test. And I go, okay. So I call a clinic near me and the clinic goes, you have a fever. You can't come in. And I was like, I'm sorry. What? What am I supposed to do? They're like, oh, yeah, if you have a fever, you know, you have to stay home. You can't come into our clinic. Okay, cool. So I called like four clinics around me. Nobody would see me. I called a hospital. They wouldn't take me because I had a fever. I called my employer, who is the board of education of my city. And I said, hey, I have a fever. The hotline says I need to go get a COVID test, the PCR test. Nobody will take me. I'm using all my vacation days to stay home. Like, what What do I do in this case? So my employer had to end up calling the Ministry of Health of Japan, like Ooh. a huge government body, yeah. who <laughs> called a hospital and said, we have a public school teacher here that has a fever for four days. You need to see her, right? And they're like, yeah, sure, no problem. So then I get a call from another person. Um, they're, they're a foreigner, but they work in the, the Board of Education um, mm -hmm. to kind of be the liaison between us and the, the government. And they're like, hey, if you even say the word COVID at this hospital, they will not test you and they will kick you out. You can't say the word COVID. You can't tell them that you want a test. You can't say coronavirus. You cannot mention <laughs> anything about the situation or they will kick you out of the hospital and not give you a test. Yeah. Right? So we travel down to this hospital that's supposed to see me and I walk in, it's like two hours to get there. Right. So it's kind of, it's a pain in the butt to get to. Mm -hmm. We walk into the lobby and in Japanese, I was like, Hey, excuse me. Um, my employer called you. Um, I have a fever. Will you see me? And this lady was so uncomfortable. She was just like, like did not want to talk to us, which again, that happens a lot as a foreigner in Japan, people yeah. assume you don't speak Japanese. Mm -hmm. And even when you do speak Japanese, it just, they can't even hear it because they're so shocked that yeah. somebody's speaking Japanese. So, you know, she's just like, hold on a second. And she just walks away. She just leaves, right? And it's like five minutes pass or something. And then another person comes back and they're like, sorry, you have to leave. We have old people in this hospital. And because you have a fever, you can't be here. And I was like, I'm sorry, hold on. The literal Ministry of Health called you and said that you had to see me. And they're like, mm, sorry, you have a fever. Bye. So I called my employer who put the big <laughs> boss on the phone. And he's great. This guy speaks English. He's a big yeah. goober. I love him. He's mm -hmm. awesome. He's like, let me talk to the nurse that you're talking to right now. And I was like, okay. So we give her the phone and he is screaming at her. It was beautiful. It was a really beautiful moment. Whoa. Yeah. Because I've never seen anything like that uh -huh. in Japan. It was, it was great. It was great. But anyways, he's like, yeah, you got to go They're there. They don't want you here. So we leave this hospital and I'm standing outside of it. Right. And I'm like, what the heck do I do now? Like, yeah. I still have this fever. I'm using all my vacation time. And there my be, uh, my employer is like, we'll call you back. Like, and we'll tell you what to do. So in the meantime, we're standing outside and we're waiting. And the hospital has like these windows and they come up and they look at us and they close the blinds because we're just <laughs> standing outside the yeah, hospital. Yeah. And I'm like, oof, tell me how you re really feel. 
So then we get a call from an, from my employer again, who says, okay, this time for sure, we have a hospital that's gonna take you, but remember, you can't say COVID, you can't say PCR test, you can't say coronavirus, or they're gonna kick you out of there. And I was like, sure. And they're like, also, you can't go in the front entrance. You need to go stand by the side entrance and call them when you arrive. And I'm like, okay, sure because they don't want like a potential COVID patient going to the hospital. I get that. So we call them and I'm like, Hey, you know, my name is Cassidy, blah, blah, blah. My employer called you and said I was coming. Like I'm at the side gate. And the guy's like, Nani, what? Like he had no idea what was going on. And I'm like, it's, it's like a six hour ordeal at this point. I'm exhausted. I'm very far away from my house. I don't feel well. Like, this guy had no idea what's going on. And I was just like, I can't deal with this anymore. So then I put my fiance on the phone and he's yelling at him in Japanese and we're all just arguing. And then finally somebody gets it. I don't know who like understands what's happening at this point. Then he's like, ah, okay, go wait to the side entrance. So I wait there 45 minutes standing outside this back door. A guy comes out in a full hazmat suit, (laughs) takes my ID, takes my health insurance card, puts it like, in a plastic bag, fully sealed, you know, waddles back in in his hazmat suit. Mm-hmm. They take me inside to this little, like, room, this little, like, teensy tiny waiting room. And they come in and they're like, so we're going to see if you have pneumonia. If you have pneumonia, we're going to give you a PCR test. If you don't have pneumonia, then you're fine. So I'm like, okay. I didn't have pneumonia. I never got a test. No surprise there. But... They did take me back into the, like the back of the hospital and lay me down on a gurney and they started like poking my stomach and they're like, does this hurt? Does this hurt? And the guy's like practically punching me and I'm like, ouch, <laughs> yeah, that hurts, buddy. And he's like, have you eaten any raw chicken lately? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, yeah, have you eaten any raw chicken? And I was like, no. And he's like, mm, how about yakitori? Like the meat skewers. Yeah. And I was like, no, I haven't had that recently either. And he's like, hmm, do you cook at your house? And I was like, yes, I cook dinner. And he goes, ah, that's it. You have gastroenteritis. That's why you have a fever and a cough, because you have the stomach flu. And I'm like, huh, that's a little, that's a little sus, but Mm -hmm. okay. And then he goes, how old are you? And I was like, oh, I'm 26. And he goes, I think... You need to get a colonoscopy. And I was like, buddy, I'm 26. I'm coming in here for a COVID (laughs) test. You're telling me I have the stomach flu and that you need to give me a colonoscopy. Like, what is this nonsense? It's insane. Nothing happened after that. I just went home and I had to go back to work. I'll never know if I had it. Like, it's a big mystery, but it's just, it's general, like, incompetence like that. Yeah. That has plagued this entire experience. But you know what? There is good news, Jesse. What? Thank goodness that we are still having the Olympics. That's a great <laughs> idea. Everything's going to be fine because Everything's we have great. the Olympics and the pesky foreigners, they can't come. There are no foreigners allowed to come view the Olympics. Only the athletes, right? Only the athletes and they have like four days and then they have to leave the country. Huh? Yeah, it, it's insane. It's actually insane. So, you know, but, but yeah, Japan's doing a great job. Is it? Is it? Aren't people who come... From out of the country, supposed to stay quarantined for two weeks, and then wouldn't you think so? Uh, it's insane. It makes no sense. Yeah. 
<sighs> I'm assuming all the athletes will be vaccinated. Yes. I'm hoping that at least their home countries have that that sense. But Japan has just royally messed this up. It's awful. You it's would, been terrible. You would think they'd be more on it because, I mean, the biggest, I'm sure you've heard from home, from friends and everyone, like the biggest thing here. I mean, there's a lot of big things that they've been messing up too, but the mask thing, people are just yep. so against wearing it or or whatever. Um, has that also been a thing there too? I mean, I, I would I assume not because everyone... Everyone like, oh, I'm going to be courteous to my fellow person and I feel sick. So I'm wearing a mask. This was before COVID. And I feel here you just have people who are just like, oh, my God, why do I have to wear this? And I, is it is it even as bad over there, too? So, I mean, there there is already the concept of wearing a mask when you don't feel well here in Asia, which which is good. However, because the, the most recent state of emergency has ended, I pass. Honestly, probably more people without masks on my commute than men are wearing masks. Mm -hmm. They're not wearing them anymore because the weather is warming up. Or people wear them, like, down here under their nose. <laughs> or people just wear them, like, halfway, like, between their lips. And I'm like, what does that even do at that point? That's more <laughs> uncomfortable. Like, why are you doing that? Yeah. So there's there's tons of dumb people here who don't wear their masks either. Like, it's nothing like America where people are like, my freedoms. Yeah. How dare you? Mm -hmm. But it's just general grossness. <laughs> it's even if you did, even if they gave you the covid test. I By that point, everything you, you went through, even if they were like, oh, you're good, you don't have it. Would you just be like, I don't believe you. Like yeah, I, you absolutely. Went, I would not trust it at all. Were, were you already at that point? Like, even if I get this, like, in the next hour or two, I don't believe anything they're going to tell me. Honestly, 100%. Yeah. Like, they had done such a poor job of convincing me they had the situation under control, especially being turned away by a hospital. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like the cherry on top of a terrible, terrible <laughs> Sunday for me. Yeah. Right? If a hospital is turning me away for potentially having the global pandemic that is killing, like, hundreds of thousands of people mm -hmm. wouldn't you want to take care of that person nah they're they're fine get them out of here like the only thing i could think of is that everyone was so on edge they were just we don't even want to risk anyone coming in especially a foreigner you know yep like a because the foreigners are the ones that have it yeah <laughs> that's that's such a thing here there was like there have been several instances on like japanese tv where they say that it's the foreigners who are spreading it. It's the people who speak English who are spreading it because English is a big, loud language and Americans are so big and loud. And Japanese is so quiet and reserved that Japanese language could not possibly spread COVID. It has to be English and foreign languages. That was a big thing here for a while. It's great. <laughs> it, it's just, it's great. Yeah. But you did um, mention uh, you're a teacher. How has that been in Japan being a teacher with your students? Ooh. Overall, it's been a fun experience, I think. My only gripe is that, like, in my position as an ALT, as assistant language teacher, I'm very much seen as only an assistant. 
Um, you know, I come into certain classes, I play a lot of games with kids. Like I, I can build a rapport with the students, which is really nice and kind of like get to know them. And my classes tend to be more of the like the fun classes where we can do like fun things and listen to music and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is good for the kids because the kids work so stinking hard, especially in junior high school. You know, there's really a lot of pressure on them. So the fact that I can come in and like make their life a little more fun, I think is good. Um, but a lot of the other teachers, it's kind of hard to get along with them because they very much treat the the foreign English teacher as lesser than. Um, just the other day, actually, I had a, a teacher um, talk to one of my English teachers with whom I work really closely, who's like a friend of mine, um, because it's, it's the end of the school year in Japan. So we mm -hmm. have elementary school students coming to junior high school for the first time. And this teacher goes, uh, dang, I really want to know about like the new students coming in, the new elementary students. And I know that Cassidy works at this school, so I could ask her, but I just don't want to talk to her or ask her. She says this to my, my English teacher, and she's just like, okay. And I'm sitting right there, and I'm like, <laughs> you know I speak Japanese. You will not speak to me, like, regardless, but I can understand that you're telling her that you don't want to talk to me. Like, yeah. it's just, there's so much, like, passive aggressiveness amongst the other teachers in my school it's that part i think has been really unpleasant it's like you're, you're very a foreigner yeah just because i'm not i'm not a real teacher quote unquote like i'm just you know the, the temporary foreigner here and like the problem with my first year was great my first year was great because i'm the new exciting person from another country like they have questions for me and like mm -hmm. they want to get to know me the second year eh, i'm kind of getting a little bit stale the third year, they do not care about me. It's almost like, can you just leave so we can get a new person here? Like, we're bored of you. <sighs> it's very much feels like that mentality. So I'm, I'm so ready to get out of here. Yeah. I'm so done. <laughs> I'm done. Your students, I, I see you usually talk about them on, you know, mm -hmm. the social of medias. And how's that been? Uh, what do they usually ask you? You being a foreign teacher, like, what are you, the usual questions and... You know, do you also get that kind of like, uh, you're not important from them or? I love my students to pieces. They are the sweetest little angel babies. I love them. <laughs> um, I've, I've never gotten the feeling that I'm not like a real teacher from them, mm -hmm. but I have gotten the feeling that like my relationship with them is very different from like a quote unquote real teachers relationship with them. Um, you know, they, they like asking me about like Japanese culture things, like what anime do you like? What Japanese food do you like? Like, what's a big surprise for you in Japan? You know, and it's really nice to like have that sort of cultural exchange, you know, chat with them. I've gotten questions like from some of my higher level students. I had one kid come up to me and give me a note and he was, he was a third grader in junior high school. So like ninth grade mm -hmm. and he gave me this note and it said, what do you think about America's history during World War II and Japan's history in World War II? Who do you like? Something like that. Whoa. And I was like, that is a loaded, difficult question. Um, and I was like, okay, so I have to not only formulate an answer, but I have to do it in like simple enough English for him to understand because I, I won't speak Japanese to my students. I, I try to just, you know, talk in English. And I was like, hey, like, I have a letterbox. Why don't you write me a letter in English? And, like, we can talk about this because I would like to discuss, you know, World War II with you in English. Like, let's let's chat. He never wrote me the letter. But I was just like, that's a huge question. 
Like, and I think he had like practiced like the proper English for it and like wrote it out so he wouldn't forget, which was really cute. But I was like, dang, that's like, that's a, a really high level question. And I think it would have been really fun to like discuss this with him because he's a super, super huge history buff. Yeah. Um, especially about World War II. So I think it would have been, you know, cool. But yeah, I, that was just so out of the blue because normally it's like, Cassidy Sensei, what color do you like? What animal do you like? What do you think about World War II history? <laughs> it just well, came came out of nowhere. Yeah. You, but, but he yeah. never replied to your to your pretty much hey, your answer to to him as well. What do you think the reason is? Do you think it was just he? Did, he, did you think he just expected you to answer and then he'd be like, okay, cool, and now I know. Like he didn't mm-hmm. expect you to be like, yeah, let's talk about this. Honestly, I think he didn't understand my English and was oh. just like. You know, the generic when you don't fully understand somebody, but you still say like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was kind of one of those. Um, even though I followed it up in Japanese, like, please write me a letter and like, let's talk about it. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't want to have like English discourse on the subject. I'm not sure. But he was he was usually pretty shy. I think that was the first time he had actually spoken to me outside of class. So mm-hmm. I was a bit surprised of that anyways. But yeah, he just he just graduated too. Oh, nice. He was very sweet. I'll miss him. I'm very sad. This this last graduating class I just had um, last week, they were the first class I ever taught when I came to Japan. Uh-huh. So kind of like a bittersweet. I'm happy to see them graduate, but like I'm sad because I worked with them the longest and they were like really good kids. Kind of feels like my own graduation from Japan. <laughs> That's cool. You get to see um, from both, you know, kind of sides. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the questions they asked when they did ask you, what's your favorite anime? What was your answer? I always say your lie in April. Your lie in April? Yeah. Do you know it? No. Nobody ever does. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't be that cool, Cassidy. It's it's really sad. It's on Netflix. You should Is watch it. it. Your lie in April. Depressing. Oh, your lie in April. I love it. Yeah, I'll check that out. You. <laughs> He's shaking his head back there, like no. Is it not good? Is it not good, Jacob? Oh, whoa. It's very much like it's like a slice of life. Sad thing it's it's good and it's short uh, okay well, it's, it's not an ava so i i'm very curious about the school mm. school there how different is it how like from coming from someone here in america you of course mm-hmm. in america the school system here how school is and then someone who right here just plays persona 5 and sees how <laughs> how the school system is there like what's the difference of it? What do you see in that school system where you're like, oh man, you know what? Maybe American schools should adopt this um, type of thing. Is there, what's the difference between the two and what do you think one does better over the other? If it does. Hmm. Well, in Japanese schools, first and foremost, they really try to emphasize like respecting your space and respecting your school. So instead of like janitors, all the students will clean the schools themselves. Um, they don't always do the the best job mm-hmm. because you know they're they're children they don't care yeah um but you know they have their dedicated cleaning time every day which I, I think is really cool like they have time to like you know clean their own space and it kind of like instills in them a respect for like you know their environment which I think is pretty cool um another cool thing that I really appreciate about Japanese school is the school lunch because one it is so good. It really? is so delicious. Holy oh, my God. I would eat Japanese school lunch for every meal for the rest of my life. It is so good. Like, what are they Only, getting? Actually, so they get rice, 
some kind of soup and like an entree. Uh-huh. Um, so what's what's my favorite one? A bowl of rice. There's this type of seaweed called hijiki, mm-hmm. and it's like long, thin, like seaweed pieces. It's that and soybeans. That's really good. And just like usually it's like a grilled fish or like sweet and sour chicken, like something like that. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and the students will serve it out themselves at elementary school, mm-hmm. which is pretty cute. They have like a little like, you know, certain students are on lunch duty and they have to like serve it and give it to all the students and stuff. And it's just really cute. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a nice little like lunchtime experience. And it's it's always really healthy food. Um, every once every like semester or something, they'll have a dessert, which is like an orange or something because fruit is too expensive here. But yeah, school lunch. It's great. <laughs> I actually, I bought a cookbook. I bought a special cookbook. That's um, the popular school lunches in my city. So I'm excited to bring that home and, and remake them. Yeah. But yeah, so those, those are the really good points. Um, something I'm not so fond of is I think, a lot of parents will put the responsibilities of punishing students on their teachers. And there's teachers have a lot more influence on the students, like personal lives, personal Mm -hmm. lives here, which is really weird. Like if somebody acts up at home, like a student, the parents will call in and tell their homeroom teacher and their homeroom teacher will like chew them out for it. And it's just, it's, it's really interesting that they do that. Um, because the parents are a little more hands off in that situation. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I, I don't know if that's that's good or bad. Yeah. It's it's different from my education, and it's a cultural difference. So, yeah. you know, I'm not one to say if it's good or bad, but it really makes the teachers here really invested in the students, which is good. But at the same time, like, they scream at them. They scream at the top of their lungs. Like, it looks like teachers are about to hit the kids. They scream at them so much. Like it essentially, it's everything but physical like contact with them. I've really seen teachers ripping into students, and it's really, really uncomfortable uncomfortable to watch. So that's that's probably the biggest difference in that how the teachers relate to the students. Mm-hmm. But like overall, it's been a really cool experience being able to like experience working at a at a Japanese school and seeing how the kids are. But as a foreigner, you're just you're never going to be accepted as a mm. true staff member, as a true teacher, anything like that. And it's just, it's, it's really hard to work in an environment like that, that, you yeah. know, doesn't respect you, you know, I'm over it. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so happy to get out of here. <laughs> I'll miss Japan. I won't yeah. miss working in Japan, but I'll yeah. miss Japan. Yeah. That was always something like I, it was seeing you like, just talk about like, man, I'm just not doing like there's just you had your moments where you're just like man there's just nothing going on right now or just like yep. as in schoolwork as as you being a teacher you know you I, I always enjoyed like your moments where you're like oh man this is awesome or this student gave me this you know this drawing or or, or this thing you know but then there was the moments where you're just kind of like man this just really sucks you're like yeah so i'm just playing my animal crossing right here under the table and i can make them think i've done that so many times Sorry, I was just going to say, I have my good days here and I have mm-hmm. my bad days, but I think my first year, that was the best year in terms of like job satisfaction. And I had more good days than bad. The second year was whatever. And the third year, it's just, I'm over it. It's not worth it for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And you know, my time here is done.
I am so thankful. You've helped me out with a lot of things on this show, on Third Party Controller Podcast. You were very kind to give your opinions on Animal Crossing New Horizons mm. when that came out. Um, I think at that time you, you were even like, oh, I didn't have that much time with it, right? Everything's been said about that game. It came out in the perfect time during the pandemic. Oh, definitely. But um, how was your experience with it? Like, from the start till now, how do you feel about being a fan of Animal Crossing? What do you think personally of Animal Crossing New Horizons? Ooh, well, I have, like, over 500 hours in it, so I probably didn't like it too much. But <laughs> I will try, I'll try to give you my opinion. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. I really liked it. I think it introduced a lot of fresh concepts that were pretty cool. Um, especially because Animal Crossing is a game that they want you to keep playing over an extended period of time. And so you kind of need those things that are going to draw the player back. Mm -hmm. um, so I was, I was really interested to see how having seasonal events come through patches would work. Because I think that kind of was good for it not having people like time skip and things like that mm. it, it kept it exciting you know people didn't want to like you couldn't spoil the game for yourself you had yeah. to like patiently wait and i think that was a good call on their part um i'm a little disappointed especially because we're coming on year two of the game and i think seasonal events are going to be mostly the same you know and as someone who's put so many hours into it it would be cool i think if they were able to add some like new stuff to to the events and we're just we're just going on bunny day which is the first you know the first second time we've had an event so maybe in the future they'll add like new things to, to different holidays but you know i kind of wish there was more like in that aspect mm -hmm. but overall i would say two thumbs up from cassidy nice. i really like it i've had a great time <laughs> although i'm terrible at terraforming i'm so bad i spent so much yeah. time fixing my island i spend like a hundred hours and then i'm like this looks like hot garbage restart <laughs> like every single time can you restart can you not not restart but because that that was the only thing maybe i didn't pay attention but like if i terraform something like and i spent two hours can i go okay can i undo that or no i can't no, right you, no no you can't you just gotta redo the whole thing oh, it's awful <laughs> oh you want to see something cool what hold on Nobody can see this but you since we're on video, but this is an Animal Crossing table. What? <laughs> Just a table? That's cool. Yeah. Wait, is that is based on cool? the new one? Is that based on yeah. the new one or is it an older? Oh, wow. It's based on the new one. Can you see it? It says, Welcome to Deserted Island or something like that. Yeah, no, I do see it. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. They do. Um, It's called Ichiban Kuji here. It's like a little like lottery game mm -hmm. and you buy a ticket and you can win prizes. And they did an Animal Crossing themed one. And for the very last prize, it's called Last One. It's like a special prize. So if everybody like buys all the tickets and there's only one ticket left, if you buy the last, you get the special prize. So that's what this was. I didn't win it. I bought it on Yahoo Auctions. But <laughs> I'm not that lucky, but it's still, it's cool, right? I was like so excited. I'm like, you won it? And you're like, no, I bought it on Yahoo Auctions. Yeah, I just, I just bought it. I've, just, <laughs> I've given up trying to win things that I can just buy. Yeah. It's, it's much cheaper for me that way. That's true. Yeah. Me bringing up you're in Kobe. Me mm. bringing up that you streamed Yakuza 0. Me being a fan of Yakuza. And then that's when I went on that tangent. And I think that what made me forget. You had brought up that Kobe had a a pretty big... Uh, or there was a, 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 a turf war or a gang war yep. Yakuza. And, yep, then, yep. Uh, and then like you dressed up like Kiryu. And I know you didn't go outside. 
Of course. How was that? What was going on? Like, you had mentioned it, and I'm like, there's no way you're... Not that there was no way you are going to tell me about it, but I'm like, mm. I'm not going to ask you on Twitter to give me the whole thing that's going on. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll just wait. But that made me go like, whoa, you're playing Yakuza, but Yakuza stuff's hopping right outside your window. You know, yeah. like you're there. You're in the... I guess you're in the heat of it. Like, what was going on? So Kobe is the headquarters for the biggest Yakuza family in Japan. Uh, the Yamaguchi family. And a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. they had like a falling out and the family like split into two. So they're, they're kind of feuding right now. Um, Nothing has happened like in 2021 so far, I believe last year, I think there was like one or two shootings, which is like absolutely unheard of in Japan. Mm -hmm. Like nobody has guns. So a shooting is a really big deal. But every year the Yakuza will throw a really big like Halloween party. Mm-hmm. For, like, kids. And kids will get, like, candy and wear their costumes and stuff. And, you know, it's it's generally safe. Um, but the past two years, they've had to cancel it because the two sides are feuding and they don't want anybody's kids getting caught in the crossfire. Whoa. So, yeah, we, we have um, a lot of Yakuza members here uh, to the point where if I'm talking to somebody in public, we don't even – we can't say the word Yakuza because people will, like, get freaked out. We have to say mafia. But – yeah, it's really interesting. And another interesting thing is that people in Japan, maybe it's just Kobe, and I don't know, this is kind of just hearsay, but for the most part, I feel like people are maybe a little protective of the, the Yakuza. Mm-hmm. We had a really bad earthquake in 1995, and essentially the entire city was decimated. Um, and the government was taking a really long time to like get water going and power going to the citizens and so the yakuza spent a ton of money to like get the citizens power and water and food and like really help them out so from what i've heard people in kobe like aren't fond of the yakuza per se but they kind of are more like accepting of them here i think because they they were they're very community-based you know as as far as organized crime goes i've never had the pleasure to meet you know a real yakuza member but it's it's very much a community-based like protection kind of thing have you it's it's really interesting have you seen them though like you haven't met them but have you like oh i I could tell i'm always looking i don't know i'm always because like it's supposed to be like young guys Uh young-ish guys nice suits they have full body tattoos generally Uh but they cut off at the wrist so they can wear suits and hide them gotcha um but yeah i'm always kind of looking out i'm like hey mm-hmm. if i see a young guy like nice car nice suit i'm thinking hey you know Yakuza. maybe maybe <laughs> you're a troublemaker who knows oh man because i wanted to ask like so you played how how close is yakuza to the real thing you know the games yeah i mean japan the jap the japan that i saw in the game was super close that yeah. was really cool yeah it's super super authentic um as for how close it is to the Yakuza, I couldn't tell you because I'm not often caught up in turf wars. Yeah. Fortunately yeah. for me, probably. Was it, but, were, you, were you like on edge? Like, oh, I don't want to be caught anywhere, like caught in something. Were you ever that afraid? Cause I remember when you did your live viewing thing and you were walking around and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm genuine, genuine, yeah, genuinely feel safe. I don't feel like I'm, mm-hmm. you know, so, or was it just like, oh, I probably, were you comfortable enough? Like, oh, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm super comfortable here. Like, I've never... The only bad situation I've ever had was with other foreigners who were drunk and creepy and, like, gotcha. trying to hit on me or something. I've never had any, you know, situations in which I felt unsafe. And if, for all the, like, the violence that has occurred with the Yakuza that has, like, made the news here that I've heard, it's always, like, 
member on member. It's never been like, you know, they're just go they just attack someone who's unrelated. They tend to kind of keep their, you know, squabbles within the family. Mm -hmm. So, and for the most part, it's stabbings. It's not usually shootings. That That's pretty rare. But yeah, just, you know, a, a shanking here and there. No big gif. No big deal. No, no, no biggie. Yeah. I'm, I'm small potatoes to them. They don't care <laughs> about the goings-ons of, you know, Cassidy from America. So yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, I really, honestly, you streaming Yakuza 0, I was stoked because we're fans of it. So I really was insanely stoked that you were not only cosplaying as one of the best characters, but like you streamed it and it was awesome. You did a great job. Again, I can't praise you enough because it was it was awesome. Oh. I dude, I that was actually that was the first time I've ever played a Yakuza game. Yeah, and I would, the reason I was impressed is I streamed a, Yuka, a Yakuza game and it was so hard. Like because I have a habit of like I have to read and act out the game. You know, it's all in mm -hmm. Japanese and there's subtitles, but I read and act it out. I'm, I mm -hmm. also played like Snatcher, uh, mm -hmm. and I would read it. And I'm currently playing through um, Hideo Kojima's Police Notch, which was never oh, localized. Nice. Yeah, never localized uh, in America, but fans translated it. So I've been going through it, but I'm reading everything. I'm acting out every line. I give everyone different voices. And sometimes I have to hear the Japanese, like, because sometimes it won't tell me it's you know, Ed, it won't tell me it's Jonathan. It won't tell me it's Redwood. I have to listen. I'm like, it's Ed. Okay, so I got to go into my deeper voice. Oh, it's Jonathan. I'll just use my voice because Jonathan is just the main protagonist. But it's, it's, you know, Yakuza is such a hard game to stream because I tried to do that and I felt like it wasn't entertaining. And just seeing you do it and you made it super entertaining, I was like, Cassie's doing, uh, she's doing God's work right there. I <laughs> uh, appreciate it. It's yeah. so it's really fun. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. I like the karaoke. Oh right, me tie. I love it, dude. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, but again, Cassidy, I took up too much of your time. I just you know thank you for doing this. I wanted to catch up to see how you're doing. Super excited that you're coming back home, doing all the great things you're doing. I just wanted to catch everyone up with you because a lot of people like the episode you were on. It was they they was oh, yeah it was well received and a lot of people were just like Cassie's awesome are you gonna have her back on and I'm just like <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna have her for segments I didn't want to like promise anything because like you were busy and I didn't want to just assume like oh yeah she's gonna be doing anything I ask her to do you know like no no no, no. <laughs> like you're busy I understand but awesome that you're coming home um looking forward to seeing you in person because uh, I what yeah. it was 2019 since the last I saw you but no again Dang. yeah highly appreciate you know you jumping on here bringing us up to date with current day cassidy and again anyone if you want to listen to the previous podcast we did which was fantastic episode 221 cassidy supful listen to it you find out a lot of cool stuff her little goings on at a never to be mentioned video game store <laughs> uh but yeah again thanks you know, let the people know how can they what what Twitch are you on? What YouTube are you on? What Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want to share, plug your stuff because the people need to follow, subscribe to Cassidy. Let them know right now. Yeah, self promo time, my favorite. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I am streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Cassidia. C A S A D I L L A A. 
it's like my name and quesadilla and quesadilla wow i can't even speak <laughs> and uh i'm on instagram and twitter too at cast on twitch i post retro games and apparently vhs tapes now according to my most recent purchase i saw so. that post and i was like did you really get vhs's because i was reading Aren't it those sick they were those are so cool at first i read Sega and then I heard Virtual Fighter and I'm like oh, did you get a Sega because I, I read I was like did you get a Sega Saturn right and then I read VHS I'm like wait so did you get Sega games and VHS's and then you had the picture and I'm like holy shit I'm like that's awesome because it was just like video yeah. game VHS stuff it was cool I love it yeah I guess I collect promo tapes now mm-hmm. so if anybody sees <laughs> any send them my way that, that's my that's my newest hobby I guess <laughs> that's the newest addiction the collection <laughs> VHS's another thing to ship home mm-hmm what a hassle. They're like, why'd they get VHSs from Japan? What? <laughs> Again, Cassidy, I highly appreciate it. Everyone, check her out on Twitch. It's entertaining. It is insanely fantastic. I'm glad you're back, you know. You're probably going to have a little hiatus because of the move later on on in there. But uh, if you want some entertainment and some good Japanese video games, even just video <laughs> games that Cassidy likes to play, you played the banjo in Japanese, didn't you? Heck yeah. Dude. I never beat Grunty though. No, you didn't. It was didn't. too hard. It was too hard. I'm garbage. It was. It was. It was really hard. It was. I'm gonna. I'm gonna claim that the Japanese copy was harder. It was harder. Yes. It probably yes. was. Let that. Yeah. Let it be fact. Let it be known. The let Japanese copy is hard. Fact. We will put that in game facts today. Perfect. Thank you. That is harder <laughs> in the Japanese version. Yep. Well, Cassidy, thank you for being on the show. If you want to send us any questions, comments, or concerns, you can send it to us at thirdpartycontrollpodcast at gmail.com or our Instagram at thirdpartycontrollpodcast. It's thirdpartycontrollpodcast with a 3RD. Thanks for listening. I am your host, Jesse P.S. Lira, with our fantastic special guest, Cassidy. <laughs> and we may not be as good as everyone else, but we kind of get the job done later. time is it there for you right now 10 55 oh, okay not too bad yeah i'm not i, just, I don't go to bed till like 2 a.m anyway so wow so cool yeah what time is it over there right now uh 2 55 p.m 2 55 you're so cute just chilling you're not in a rush in, in anything are you okay cool, cool nope cool. i don't do anything but play wow Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> you're like but you are taking me away from the wow time you asshole i do i have a couple of beers in my fridge too that i'm waiting on Oh, uh, you are? Oh, nice. <laughs>